Hey everybody, I'm Thomas Frank and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast. Now I'm really excited to bring you this episode because today we're talking about doing the impossible. (laughs) Now uh, to be a little bit less hyperbolic, um, today's episode is about goal setting and it's about pushing yourself and being willing to be uncomfortable. Uh, And the impossible reference goes back to something that if you've been on my site for any amount of time, you have probably seen up in the top level navigation on collegeinfogeek.com. There is a link called the impossible list and the impossible list is my personal top level goal tracking tool where I put everything I want to do from with my life, from my health goals, to my business goals, to my overall life goals, charitable giving, travel uh, skills I want to learn cool things I want to do, crazy things like wingsuit flying, anything and everything, including paying off all my student debt, is there. It gets crossed off as I do those goals. I iterate and create new goals, and it really gives me the motivation and the direction to get a lot of things done. And on this episode of the podcast, I'm talking to my friend Joel Runyon, who is the inventor and the creator of The Impossibleist. Joel runs a site called ImpossibleHQ.com, and his entire Uh, message and entire brand revolves around this idea of impossible, this idea of pushing yourself past what you think is possible right now and achieving your goals. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how he came up with this impossible list concept and how it's helping him do amazing things, including his project called the 777 Project, which is his uh, goal to run an ultra marathon uh, on every single continent, so seven ultra marathons on seven continents, and using the uh, funds raised to that project to build seven schools. And it's just a crazy project, and it really underlines the importance of stretching and doing things that you didn't think were possible before. So I really hope you like this interview. Uh, before we get started, just as a reminder, as always, if you want to get your questions answered on our Q&A episodes we do every month, you can send your emails over to thomas at collegeinfogeek.com, and we would love to answer your questions about studying, about managing your money, about finding jobs, whatever is on your mind, we'll get those answered. And you can find links to that and also links to subscribe to the show so you can get it delivered every Monday at 6 a.m. Central Time to the device you listen to over at sigpodcast.com, cigpodcast.com. Find the episode 43 link with Joel Runyon and you'll find uh, summary, you'll find links to anything that we mentioned in the episode and you'll find a link to subscribe to the show. Also, if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel yet, head over to collegeinfogeek.com slash videos. We got a video on finals tips that you can use for studying. We got a video on active reading strategies so you can learn more from books and all sorts of other cool videos. They're coming out every single week on Thursday, so check those out. That's all I have for the intro, so let's get into this interview with Joel and learn how to do the impossible. All right, welcome to the show, Joel. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem, dude. So I've been following your stuff for probably three years by now. Um, I think it started my blog, and then I somehow found your site, and I found this impossible list, and I was like... I have to steal that. (laughs) 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 Just So I made one, and... I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, I don't know if you're like mad that I stole it or something, but hopefully super, super upset. Super upset. This guy just took my list. Ah, I like to think that I'm like the, the, the first, the first guy that got on board with the movement. You're like the movement starter. You ever seen that video with the, the guy that just starts dancing on the hillside? Yeah. The Siverstock. Yeah. That's, that's Uh. the one. Yeah. Siverstock. So yeah. So what, uh, I guess what's your story that that led you to start Impossible HQ, and I guess it was just blogging impossible things at first, right? Yeah, so uh, it started uh, a while back, um, 2010, I think. Um, I graduated college in 2009, and mm-hmm. uh, basically spent the next nine to ten months trying to do the normal thing. Uh, graduated school, did everything I was supposed to do. Uh, you know, like three three point eight GPA, double major in business and Spanish, uh, extracurriculars, international travel, uh, volunteer opportunities, um, you know, college sports, like all all everything you're supposed to do. I did uh, finish that all up. Thought, okay, what's the next thing that you're supposed to do? You're supposed to get a job. You know, apply to all these big companies in downtown Chicago. Um, did all that and got nowhere. Uh, 2009, if you guys remember, was not like the best year in the world yeah. to, to graduate and try to get a job. So, um, I was like a lot of people and kind of just got stuck out of these, you know, not a lot of people were hiring. So I didn't, I didn't get a job. Um, and then I started kind of, 
okay, well, you know, none of the places I want to get into kind of let me in. So let's just, you know, let's blast career builder, Craigslist, uh, monster.com. I kind of like that secondary tier. And I picked up a couple odds and ends jobs here and there, but really didn't have anything. And so, um, then I really started like, okay, I just want to get out of my parents' basement. I'll work at Starbucks. I'll work at Caribou Coffee. I will work at Target. doesn't matter. Um, and I applied to all those places and couldn't get in anywhere. And um, uh, I couldn't even get a call back from Starbucks. So um, at that point, I was just like – I was struggling. Like I mean I, like no money, living in my parents' basement, not really doing very much at all. Um, finally got a part-time seasonal job at UPS um, and worked there for six weeks uh, but really only worked there for three weeks because the economy was so bad. Uh, their peak season is typically six weeks. Uh, and they weren't sending any packages. Uh, people just weren't sending as many packages because the uh, because the economy was so bad. Yeah. Um, they weren't ordering as many presents, weren't sending as many gifts, et cetera. Um, and so UPS, which typically has a peak season, they hire a seasonal worker f- for six weeks, uh, really only went out for three weeks, um, basically ran around, got chased by dogs, dropped packages off, et cetera. Um, <laughs> Finished that up and then they all fired us because – or laid us off or whatever you want to call it because it's seasonal work. We knew it was coming mm-hmm. and we're, we're just happy to get some sort of job for that uh, period of time. And so I finished that up pretty much right after uh, Christmas or the new year, um, right around the start of 2010. And I was basically sitting around doing nothing with my life, back at home, still couldn't get a job. Um, I'm feeling sorry for myself. And I was looking around, seeing all these guys, um, you know, Chris Gillibos traveling to every, you know, I had a lot of time. So I was spending a lot of time on the internet, mm-hmm. just looking around and seeing all these guys doing really cool things like Chris Gillibos going, going to every country in the world. Sean Ogle at that point had just quit his job and moved to Thailand. Um, you know, like Colin Wright was like traveling all over the place. I was like, wow, these yeah. guys are so cool. I wish I could just not be a loser in my basement right now, uh, anything but that. And and that's kind of where I was. And so I I started like seeing all these people doing cool things and I was kind of inspired to make like a list of things that I also wanted to do, like travel, start a business, all this stuff. But they all seemed impossible because, I mean, I couldn't even get a job, much less travel anywhere or do anything remotely interesting. Hmm. Um, and so I made this list and I felt bad about myself and I called it like my impossible list cause it didn't like everything kind of seemed impossible on it. Um, and so I felt bad for myself for a couple months and after, after probably like a month or two months, I just got to a point where I stopped feeling sorry for myself. I was like, you know, this is, you know, I don't, I don't know if you can do this. It's probably, you probably can't, but at least try it. Uh, because at this point you're just, you're just disqualifying yourself before you even try it. So at least you can do is try something and and go out there and see if it works. Um, and I didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't travel, and I didn't have any business aptitude, so I couldn't start a business. And there's all these things that I told myself I couldn't do, but uh, one of the items on the list was run a triathlon. And I came to that item, and I didn't really have any excuse for why I couldn't do it. Um, you know, I, I didn't have any excuses for why I couldn't go outside and run around the block or go outside and jump on my bike and bike around the block. And when I realized that, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do that one. <laughs> um, and basically, I, I decided, I was like, I'm going to make this list. I'm going to put it online. I'm going to I'm gonna do that from a public accountability standpoint. So I have to do the things that I say I'm going to do. And I'm going to go try to do a triathlon. Um, and But but I was, I was was my confidence was so low at that point that – uh, it wasn't even a real triathlon. I was like, I'll start with an indoor triathlon. Like, it's not even a real triathlon. It's a, it's like a triathlon based on time. The swim mm-hmm. is in a pool, so it's you know it's much harder to drown. Um, <laughs> so basically, I started with a, I started this entire thing with a, a stupid indoor triathlon at at Lifetime Fitness, um, and just decided I was going to try something, anything, because for the last nine months, I've told myself and let everybody else tell me that. Uh, I can't do anything. Um, and so we kind of started this thing and called it the blog of impossible things with my impossible list. And I was just going to try these things that I, I thought were impossible. And if I failed, I failed, but at least, you know, I was going to, I was going to change from being somebody, you know, who just 
disqualified myself from doing everything um, up front to actually trying it and seeing if I could do these, so, you know, so-called impossible things. Um, and so that's where it started. That was like 2010. And then I kind of just grew from there. Interesting. You know, that's that actually gives me a lot of perspective because I didn't know that story when I came across your blog. And, you know, in my mind, I guess I wasn't at that same place. So I saw impossible as like this statement of nothing is impossible, you know, like super confidence right off the bat. And I was like, I guess I I wasn't at this point where I felt like a failure needed to change. I was more like, I feel like maybe I'm not challenging myself enough. So I'm going to adapt this concept to my own life and try to be more audacious with my accomplishments. But I really didn't realize that for you, it was like a way out of a hole that you felt like you were in. Yeah, for for for, you know, like it's one of those things you kind of have to own the word. So um, it definitely felt like it. The the word was sort of like had so much ownership over my life over the last like the year prior to that. There's like, you know, you can't get a job here. You can't get a job here. You can't get a call back from Starbucks. You know, you can work for UPS for three weeks, but that's only in like the worst conditions possible and getting chased by dogs and slipping on ice. And then even <laughs> then, like even the worst job you can think of, like you you only get that for three weeks and then you're, you're fired. So like, you know, for me, it started off as like, this kind of place where I was like literally sitting in my parents' basement and everything did seem impossible. Um, but kind of the, the, you know, after I started to do a couple things, I, I, after I did the first triathlon, I realized like, you know, I remember having this, like, I don't know if it was an internal dialogue or just an ongoing conversation with myself. Like you spent so much time telling yourself that was impossible. Like you told me, you know, you, and it was a little tough and like, you didn't know what you're doing. You looked awkward and probably a little stupid, but you did it. Um, and if, you know, you think that's impossible and you just did it, it's obviously not. So Mm -hmm. what are the other things out there that you think are impossible? And, you know, are they actually impossible or you just haven't done them yet? Um, and so that's where it started to shift, like where, where it went from, okay, this impossible thing is just like, you know, it's, it's an ending point. You know, it's a, it's a signpost to post to stop. And I've, I've sort of turned it around and, and taken it as a personal challenge. And I take the word impossible as like, you know, this challenge to step, you know, your game up, to step your life up and and really go after the things that, you know, either you think are impossible or other th- people think are impossible and and re- really just challenge yourself. Um, and that has been sort of the. You know, that it's it's been a little bit of an evolution, but it's also been sort of the driving force behind the site because the site is a little bit uh, of my story mixed with, um, you know, also kind of breaking down how I do it and then, you know, sharing that with um, other people and showing them how they can, you know, take on their own challenges that they think are impossible and, and, and really, you know, not shy away from the word, not shy away from the challenge, but really embrace the idea of a challenge and, uh, you know, especially one that's big enough that's going to force you to push your limits of who you are and what you're capable of. Yeah, and I love that concept. It's it's all about growth. Um, I guess that was one of the main reasons I wanted to make it because I was so scared that when I graduated college, I would just rest on my laurels, you know, like get a job and then come home and watch Netflix. Like there wouldn't be any... <laughs> See, that, that's like the horror story for me, you know, like I, I sit around with my friend Martin and we talk about this. We we're like, you know, the worst thing would be if we graduated and then we just stopped doing things like we got a job and we came home and watched Netflix. And 10 years down the road, I look back and said, wow, I didn't create anything like that's I, I was scared a lot of, that. of Netflix. <laughs> you know, like, you're, like that. That's what you that's what you tell yourself. after. Yeah, like, I've seen and so I mean, many shows. It's part of the reason that I want to move in with a bunch of friends after school is because like, I don't know, I guess. That like stereotype of, you you know, you graduate, get married, don't hang out with friends again and they just kind of come home, watch TV. Like, you know, I've seen I've seen that happen to a lot of people. And I'm like, I just I don't want that to happen. So I made this list. Uh, I used a lot of your goals and I started putting in some of my own. Like you're the guy that uh, convinced me to try triathlon because I was always convinced that I was a terrible swimmer and not a very good runner, but did it anyway. And it's just been incredibly rewarding. So do you view your impossible list as sort of like a overall plan for your life uh, kind of in, in a, I guess, in flux? Like it's not like a set in stone plan, but at least for me, it's like it's like the top level planning device for my life. So it's it's a little bit um, it's a little bit different because 
I think of the impossible as just sort of this mechanism of like to push you faster, to push like push your limits, and if you do it consistently, like over a short period, like over, over a shorter time frame, you're going to be it's almost obsolete over the long term. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but uh, the idea is that most bucket lists are sort of this thing that people make at one point in time, mm-hmm. and. They're like, oh, my bucket list is so cool. Here's all the things I want to do on my bucket list. And over the next 80 years, I'm going to eventually knock off everything on my bucket list. And if I plan it right, I might be able to get most of it done before I die. And to me, the impossible list is not really that. It's really uh, a mechanism uh, to to continue to push yourself, push your limits on a regular basis, so in in my mind, um, you know the the list kind of started with a indoor triathlon, and over time, I, the list hasn't gotten smaller. It hasn't gotten like I'm just checking things off, and all of a sudden I have like two things left. It's gotten a lot bigger because as I push my limits, I realize I'm capable of more, and mm-hmm. as I do more and more things, I, I I start looking at other goals I have and be like, there's no reason I can't go do that, you know, like where I would have been like, oh, I need to do, I need to wait six months to do that. I look at it now and I'm like, okay, well, that's really just, um, you know, it's just a time effort thing, right. um, or it's, um, or it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a money effort issue. Like it's not necessarily, uh, wow, I can't do that anymore. It's just like, oh, I, 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 I should do that tomorrow. Um, and then as I, as I start looking at these things, I'm like, okay, well, you know, what is a real challenge to me anymore? And then I start being able to drink bigger and bigger and bigger. And as you push yourself and become more capable, um, you your limits start expanding and then you, you kind of reset your goal say okay you know if i reimagine it what is at the edge of my limits what's there and how do i recalibrate you know new goals on my list to to get there and so as you're as you're coming up with as you're as you're crossing these things off instead of getting a smaller list you're 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 sort of growing it and you know i think if i would have just kept all the lists you know, all the goals on my list from, you know, that I originally put on it four years ago. Um, I, I think I'm pretty much done with it. Like, I think, you know, like it, I can't, um, your imagination is almost so limited sometimes. Um, especially if you started in a place where I started at, at where, you know, I would, I just wanted to get a job somewhere. <laughs> like I right. was like, that was a literally impossible thing for me to get at the point. And uh, once I got that job, then I was like, okay, well, what's next? And what's next? And what's next? And sometimes I get frustrated because it doesn't seem like things are moving fast enough. And then I look back and I realize it's only been four years. I need to calm down a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it's it, it's one of those things. I, I, I think um, it, it's this mechanism for continuing to you know, always check in and say, okay, what is a real challenge for me to look like right now? And how can I go out and – and actually make that happen. Um, and what does that look like? And when you start doing that, um, you start. I think you can get really surprised at what you're capable of, because you know all of a sudden, you know, running a triathlon isn't as big ordeal that you have to do. It's like a Saturday, um, or you know, like um, you know, your 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 standards, your your capabilities are just so much farther beyond what you would have originally imagined that. It's, it's not worth trying to dream up something so crazy and big because it, it's – you kind of have to grow in the person. You have to grow into the person who can be able to think up something bigger. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. And so one of the fa- one of my favorite things uh, about the impossible is concept that I loved is that you, you put the date that you achieve something and then you make sub-bullets. So like you have a run triathlon here and then like your fake triathlon was 2010 and the next one, like sprint distance, the next one, Olympic distance, half Ironman. And all you got to do left is Ironman. But I love it's like incremental steps. I did this. So now I'm going to upgrade it. It's something that I've really uh, done on mine too. So like, um, I, one of my goals was getting 250 subscribers on YouTube and I did that. So I'm like, okay, immediately 500 now, let's just keep pushing it, pushing it. But I think if I would have started out, like, let's get 10,000 subscribers like I don't even know. Like, there's no, there's no like achievable, I guess like uh, conceptually achievable goal there. 
because no. I don't know how to get from like a hundred inactive YouTube channel to like ten thousand. Yeah, I don't know how to there's, get there's, from... there's no way to like you know like there's no there's no sense of accomplishment because you're just like okay I'm at zero and now I'm at a hundred but I still am not at ten thousand so mm-hmm. poor me you know like it's it's one of those things that if you can set you know something that's like at the edge of whatever you're currently capable of and then you get there then you can kind of reinvest that momentum that you've achieved right there and and continue to you know take that to the next level um you know so getting from zero to 100 uh might take the same amount of effort that it takes to get from 100 to 500 and then 500 but it's it's not always just like okay 100 and then i got another 100 and it's the same effort you know like as you grow you become a person that's more capable and you can achieve some you know bigger uh, bigger increments faster but it's always it's always that concept of just setting something at the edge of what you think you're capable of wherever you are right now and then growing into that person that can achieve that and then setting another goal and and continually pushing and pushing and pushing and not being you know uh it sounds almost bad sometimes but not being content with uh, the status quo yeah um, and just and just continually you know striving for more you know i think there's a difference between happiness and contentedness you know like you can be happy in the moment but i think it's good to not like you can be content with your life but don't be content with your life as a snapshot continuing onward like you should always prioritize growth i mm-hmm. think but i guess it seems to me like it's like dunking a basketball like you wouldn't want to set the hoop immediately to like NBA levels if you're just starting. You want to <laughs> you're put 12 it. Years old. Yeah, you want to put it to like the point at which you can barely just like touch the tip of the rim with your finger, and mm-hmm. then once you're eventually able to dunk at that height, then change it. But don't set it to something you can't visualize doing. With my goals, I try to put it. I try to write them down as if like okay, with some you know considerable effort, but effort that I can actually conceptualize and build steps for, um, I could achieve that goal. And then I will change it to something harder. I like I like that. I, I I would almost say the exact same thing, except maybe leave a little bit of a gap. Mm. Um, because if it's it's like almost if I can conceptually think about it, like there's got to be. I I think there's got to be like a little bit of like, whoa! I surprised myself. Okay. Uh, yeah. In there at some point. Um, but it's, it's also, it's also tough because you don't want to make it that gap too big because, um, I don't know. I think, I think there has to be enough gap that there's actually like, um, there, there is some room for failure. Um, cause if you, if you just say like, oh, it, it, that would be kind of difficult. Um, you, uh, I don't know for, for me almost there's a, there's a limited amount of like intrigue in that. I right. really, really, really like the the aspects where you're like, there's like a there's like a good chance I could fail here. Okay. Um, and I, I personally, I think I strive on the like having my back up against the wall and being in like those sort of high pressure situations where you like, I gotta, you know, I have, um, you know, like I I just I don't know exactly what's gonna happen, but I gotta I gotta think quick and I gotta I gotta work hard and I gotta figure it out. Um, and there's a there's like a good amount of chance uh, of of failure in this, but you know if I, you know, figure the situation out enough, or um, you know, you kind of have to dig deep and find something within you that you didn't know you had. And yeah. I, I like that aspect of it. Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So it's really about finding a balance between something that you're uh, you're like, I guess you're not sure enough, but it's not like become Richard Branson or something like yeah, something yeah, just yeah. ridiculous and, and 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 the the nice part about it is it's not like um it's like over time you're going to be more confident in in figuring out how to fill the gaps you're gonna be you're gonna be more confident with like a little bit of uncertainty and like over time you're gonna say like okay well you know I can deal with this amount of uncertainty because I don't necessarily know how it's all going to play out, but I do know that I'm a person that's capable of managing that. Or I know that when it comes down to the wire, you know, I can find a little bit extra. Yeah. Um, And I really like that aspect of it. So there's this concept I've been exploring a little while on my blog called like being a solution finder. Mm -hmm. And it's something I learned when I was working tech support in college where 
my job was to fix people's computers, but they didn't like, obviously they didn't teach you every single thing about how to fix computers. Like your job was to find the solution no matter how you had to do it. And I think that's a concept that really applies well to anything because you may not know how to achieve a goal, but you do know that you're confident in your ability to go out and find the information, make the connections or do the things that you need to do to gain that knowledge. Yeah, it's 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 problem solving. It's being resourceful. Um, You know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it's sort of the confidence you get in, you know, either consulting on a a company or, um, you know, coming into like a new niche that you're you're like, okay, I don't know necessarily a thousand percent of all the information that is to know about it. But I do know uh, a few good principles. I know how to like attack the problem. And I know there's going to be a whole lot of unknowns in the situation. Um, I did a podcast a couple um, um, months back about like a known – there's a, a quote by Donald Rumsfeld um, that was really good. It's about known knowns, um, known unknowns, and uh, unknown unknowns. Hmm. And anytime – known knowns are like things you know you know. And then yeah. there are things you know you don't know. And then there are things that you don't know that you don't know. Um, and it's stuff you haven't even like thought of yet. Yeah. Um, I've heard and, this called second order incompetence. Maybe you've heard that yeah, term too. Uh, I haven't, but um, I like that. Um, but the idea is like, you know, every situation you go into, you're going to know some things and you're going to know you don't know some things. And you're, you're not going to know that you don't know a few other things. You're going to like become aware <laughs> that you didn't know. And if you, if you, you know, go into situations and you only attempt things where you're like, okay, I'm a thousand percent confident about you know, I know this and I don't know this, like that's never going to happen. And so you sort of have to become comfortable with this idea that you're going to jump into situations, whether it's a business situation, a fitness, you know, challenge or whatever. And there's going to be some things, you know, there's going to be some things you don't know. And then there's going to be a little bit of chaos that shows up somewhere and you're going to have to figure out how to deal with it. And there's not going to be a rule book. There's not really going to be, you know, a you know directions for how to do it you just have to rely on on being a a solution finder a problem solver or someone who's resourceful enough to to figure out how to do it and get it done yeah i think it's uh it's about having the mindset where when you do things not only are you learning things and bringing them into that known known category but you're also gaining enough experience that you can move things from that second order incompetence into first order incompetence where you're at least saying i i know that i don't know that thing yet but i at least know it exists Uh it's like people that sit at home and yell at politics on tv like there's so much that they don't even know they don't know it's just like you can't come up with a solution (laughs) for a problem where you don't even know what the problem is you only have like a very like symbolized uh sort of fluffy version of the problem (laughs) well the, the, the the um this is also why it's like a good idea to uh continue sort of like recalibrating like new goals that are slightly beyond your limits because what happens is if you initially set something uh i, I forget it's like a where but why um wait but why wait but why or yeah so some someone one of those cartoon blogs i think um that blog wrote something about this but basically it was about it was basically about all this stuff and it was saying that you know initially when you jump into something you're you're learning. You have, you have your two, you have the things you know and the things you don't know, and uh, you're quickly putting all the things from all the th- you know, all the things you don't know into, you know, you're learning about all those things, and uh, you're learning and you're putting them into the things you know category. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as you do it more and more and more, you start to realize there's all these things that you don't know, and um, that's why a lot of people. They'll learn something really quick and then they feel like they're not progressing because they start get, getting overwhelmed with all these things that they that are getting moved from the things you don't know you don't know category to the things you don't know category. Yeah. And it's not that it's not that like you're dumber or you're more you're you're getting more stupid. It's be, you're becoming more aware of the entire situation. It's like one of those things. Um, if you've ever learned a new language, the more you learn about a language, the more you realize you don't know anything about the language. Yep. <laughs> and there's all these situations where there's exceptions and, um, you know, where the rules don't apply. And 
I think that's true in pretty much anything as you get into – as you learn more and more about it, you, you sort of learn all the rules. Then you learn all the times you break the rules and then you re- realize none of the rules really matter in the first place and you just kind of have to <laughs> – you, you kind of just have to play with the whole thing and, and, and figure out how to um, – you know, just how to be in it and and react. And the rules are great guidelines to get started but once you once you start moving, you kind of just have to – react and figure things out and like you said become a become a, a solution finder get a, become a problem solver yeah so as you've gone on and uh, kept achieving things on your impossible list learning more about yourself have there been any goals that you've removed because you no longer care about them um that's a good question um i think there's been a couple i don't remember exactly what they were because i don't think i cared <laughs> about them very much right um uh, some of them, most of them, I don't know. I, if, if I did, it was a while ago. Okay. Um, and like I said, I, I don't think I remember any of them specifically. None of them stand out to me, um, uh, at, at the moment. A lot of times if I was, there's something that I really didn't like, I wasn't super motivated to do. Um, in recent years, I just like went ahead and did it anyways, cause it was more of a curiosity factor. Okay. Um, but from um, you know, I, I, can't, I can't think of anything offhand. Maybe if I can, uh, I'll take a look. I've got a revision history in it, so I can go uh, take a look and let you know oh, later. Cool. But uh, um, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you yours grew a little bit different than mine because you started with just that fake triathlon, and then as you started gaining more confidence, you branched out. With mine, I had yours to go off of, so I just kind of was like all these guys are doing cool things like Steve's going across the world and like traveling forever and they they're making money on the internet and they're like running marathons and stuff. So I put all those things down on my list and I was like, I want to do all of them. And I think, there, <laughs> you know, there are a few where I just realized eventually, like I don't care about doing those and I don't think it's healthy for me. So like I took running a marathon off mine because I just realized like, I don't care enough about that compared to other things that I don't think I would ever want to do that. Um, or like I, I took like super heavy weightlifting goals. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care if I squat 450 pounds because I've already injured myself a little bit on lower weights. So I don't know if I want to push myself that high when I've got other things to focus on. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, as I've gone on, I've realized like some of these things, they were like fantasies. And while I think I could achieve them, maybe my time is better spent on other things and probably will be for the next 70 years or however long I'm alive. Well, that's what I like about... Um Kind of yeah, kind of the way I built the list is it, it it started from like a little bit inspired of what other people were doing, but mostly like what I wanted to do. And because I, I started at such like a low place, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I was like, I just want to do this. You know, like right. I, I was almost you know I wasn't like oh, I'm gonna make a trillion dollars and and fly to the moon and all you know all this other stuff. Like I it was like I just want a job and I okay. want to not be at my parents' house and like. Like, yeah, it, it was almost a blessing that the goals were kind of like kind of weak goals to start. Um, not weak, but just kind of like, you know, looking at that person four years ago is not who I am today. Um, and so those are just kind of things that I had internally wanted. And then um, I had all these kind of, you know, smaller goals that uh, were more from an exploratory standpoint. Like I didn't necessarily want to run a marathon, I don't think, from the start. Um, but once I started, you know, doing triathlons, I was like, oh, this could be this could be an interesting avenue, uh, you know, all this running that I'm doing. Um, and so then I kind of started to explore it more. And so what happens when you start kind of, you know, for someone who's never run before, running a marathon is a huge goal. So mm-hmm. instead of doing something like that, say like, okay, well, you know, what's, you know, what's going to push my limits from where I am right now? Maybe a 5K would do that. And then you can do a 5K and you go out and you do it and it kind of, it doesn't sit there on the list staring at you and taunting you. You're like, okay, it's a 5K. Um, but you can also figure out really quickly if it's something that appeals to you, if it's something that you like doing on a regular basis. Um, and if you do, then you can do more of it. And if you don't like it, then you're like, oh, (laughs) you know, I, I think there's value in doing stuff you don't like. I don't Mm. think there's a lot of value in doing a lot of stuff you don't like. So, um, if you go, if you, you know, I think it's worthwhile doing stuff, even if you're not like uber excited about it all the time, just to kind of, you know, feed that curiosity and, and, mm-hmm. and continue practicing that learning muscle of, 
okay, I'm open to new things. I new I like trying new things, um, et cetera. But um, you know, there's a difference in in the amount of effort that's required to try and experiment with a 5k versus a marathon that's true and um that's why i think if you're going to experiment with stuff go ahead and do it in small small actionable ways that you can do within the next you know in in short periods of time but um you know i don't think you should be spending years and years and years doing something that you're you know fundamentally not enjoying or not excited about for one aspect or another yeah so maybe that influences how you set goals so you maybe have goals that really matter to you at this time in your life like you really care about that thing so in that case you can set a goal where you don't know if you can achieve it it's it's kind of scary but maybe other goals are just exploratory like i would like to try this or i'd like to try running a 5k um running a 5k for most people is not like a i think i might fail kind of thing but it's just the uh, the idea of but getting for, yourself but for into some people, it. But for some people, it is. You know, some people really a five k was like crazy to them. You know, when I, I guess that is true. When I when I first started my site, I'd never run more than a five. I've never even run a five k. Mm. Um, that was like a whole new experience for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, why? Well, I was looking at people doing like 15Ks and I was like, that is way too long. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, I just I remember what, at a, being at the hot chocolate 5k in Chicago and being watching people run the 15k while we ran the 5k i was like why would you ever do that that's just (laughs) that's a terrible idea um but yeah i mean just just being aware of what that is like i've got a goal on there that at this point it's become it started off as like this big crazy scary goal but uh scuba diving um get scuba certified oh really and uh yeah and that that started off as like this like big scary thing and and now it's more like I don't know if I'm really into scuba diving, but I still want to go do it to try it um, because it's interesting to me. And maybe I'll find that I really, really, really secretly like scuba diving. Yeah. Um, I'm not a thousand percent convinced on it, but it's it's one of those goals that's there because it gets me outside my comfort zone. It pushes me to try something new. And, uh, you know, I haven't done it before. And so I think I think there's value in doing stuff you haven't done before because it it forces you to improve that learning muscle that ability to you know if you know scuba diving is not really problem solving but putting yourself in situations i think the way you build the the solution finder you know situation is you just deal with those um you know the way you dealt with uh you know if you're uh you know fixing computers you you fixed a lot of computers so you know sort of the question to ask and how to Mm -hmm. deal with a a problem that you're unfamiliar with and i think um you know a lot of times you know, there's value in learning skills that you're not necessarily going to implement all the time because it teaches you how to learn better and it teaches you how to pick up uh, new things that you're not necessarily an expert at. Yeah. And I think if you figure out how to, how to do that, that's the most important skill you can do because if you can learn how to learn um, and learn how to pick up new things, um, you know, you can you can literally do anything then. And I think that is a that's a really underrated skill that you know uh, people don't necessarily always embrace. Exactly. Yeah. Doing doing more things, getting more experience, it just helps to start building decision trees in your head. It gets you from uh-huh. I don't know what to do at all to I have this information, so I'm probably going to start going down this road. Uh-huh. So, uh, regarding the scuba diving, have you ever heard of Expert Vagabond? No. This guy, Matthew Carson, it's his blog. Uh, he's got a post on there. It's about cavern diving in Mexico. And if you're still on the fence about scuba diving, you should go check that out. Because I looked at the photos he took, and I'm just like, got to do that. <laughs> it's, it's on my list. Uh, I need to get certified so I can even go in the caverns, and then I can go in there. I think there's That's like a awesome. difference between cave diving and cavern diving. Apparently, cave diving, like there's a possibility of total like zero natural light. And that sort of scares the heck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, caverns at least have a little bit. So it, it just seems like a lot of fun to do. That's cool. Yeah, so, the, uh, the cave diving, the whole like – I mean cave diving is like a whole different thing where – Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like the next level from like skydiving to base jumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's nearly as dangerous as base jumping, but people are like – Base jumping, there's like a very good chance of death in <laughs> one of those sports. And, and cave diving, if you if you if you're just willy nilly about it, it's it can be a little bit uh, dangerous. But it also looks, you know, it's one of those things that's just ridiculously beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
I've heard cave diving can be the most dangerous sport in the world, depending on where you do it. No, I believe that for sure. Because there's a possibility of uh, like there being rainfall, surprisingly, or a surprise rainfall, and then you get stuck in there or something. Like that, that, <laughs> that's pretty scary. Yeah, that's messed up. But uh, guided cavern diving sounds like just enough adventure and lower probability of dying in the dark that I definitely <laughs> want to try it out. So one of your lower, like, lower probability. Of dying. <laughs> those are those are good goals to to set too. Yeah, low probability of dying. Like skydiving has a low probability as, of dying. You as know? long as there's like a little probability of dying, there's yep. always a little bit of probability. <laughs> as long as there's a low, that's what you're looking for. You don't want to be the Ben Stiller risk assessor, just like stay inside. Yeah, but you know, 16 people die per year from choking on their pillows. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Um, so one of like the biggest things you talk about in your site is this cold shower therapy. Yeah. Um, so, like, I've done cold showers, so I kind of know the benefits, but for people that have no idea why you would do this, why would you take a cold shower and do it more than once? Yeah, so this started as, like, a little mini challenge for me, and then it, like, blew up, and um, to date, it's still one of the things that I either get hate mail on or people love <laughs> to death. Uh, I can't believe I get hate mail about it, but I do, and it's 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 pretty funny. Um, so cold shower therapy is the idea that um, it's sort of getting used to being uncomfortable, and uh, a lot of people out there will say stuff like, do one thing every day that scares you or, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, growth happens in your uh, when you're uncomfortable. And they, they, they have this like all these really beautiful quotes on posters and like quotes of Eleanor Roosevelt and, you know, like these these photos of clouds behind it. Um, and everybody loves like Instagram, this crap and Pinterest uh, and all these things. Um, but very few people <laughs> like it when you challenge them to actually do something that makes them uncomfortable. Right. Um, people love talking about the idea, but they don't like doing it. Um, and so cultural therapy is a, a practical way that everybody can challenge themselves to be uncomfortable. So I talk about a lot of extreme stuff on my site, uh, skydiving, uh, marathons, ultra marathons, triathlons, uh, fitness stuff, uh, go rucks, tough mutters, all these things. And, um, people, people like them, but they're, they're a little scared. They've got, there's a lot of excuses for why someone can't run a marathon today. You know, if they're 300 pounds, they're not going to run a marathon today. Um, if you know, there, there's a lot of reasons why people can't do this. And so cold shower therapy is the most basic way you can challenge yourself to get outside your comfort zone because every single day, um, you make decisions in your life that are either easy or tough or um, normal or strange or whatever. And uh, with showers, uh, you know, everybody every day takes a shower. And the idea of cold shower therapy is that, you know, the first thing in the morning, uh, you're by yourself, you're alone in the shower, you can sort of start to practice this idea of purposely choosing an uncomfortable route. And the idea is that instead of turning the knob to the left and turning it to, to warm or whatever, however your shower works, uh, instead of turning it to hot, like everybody does, everybody, you know, and they, they do it for, for normal reasons. It's, it's a normal thing. It's comfortable. It's, it's what most people do. Um, instead of making that choice, you decide to turn it to the other way and you turn it, you take a freezing cold shower, uh, first thing in the morning. And what will happen is the first time you do that, you're like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> Uh, this is why am I doing this? I just read this off of some guy on the internet. Uh, some guy on a podcast told me to do this. This is so stupid. There's no reason uh, for me to do this. It's not going to work. Um, this is going to be uncomfortable. This isn't going to be fun, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and what happens after that is you either let that stop you or you continue to do it. And if you let it stop you, you'll just go back and you'll do the normal thing. You'll do what most people do and take a warm shower. If you decide to do it anyways, uh, you'll freeze your butt off for the next five minutes. But you'll realize when you're done, um, you get out of the shower and you dry off. You realize it was tough and it was uncomfortable. What it really wasn't as bad right. as you made it out to be. And there really were no long-lasting consequences to you taking a cold shower. Um, and that might not seem like a, a, a big thing right then, but what, what you start to realize after doing this for um, what I challenge people to do is for 30 days um, is that after 30 days of this, you start to realize that all those thoughts that pile up in your head when you're about to turn the water to cold 
are the exact same thoughts that you have anytime you're about to make any other decision in life that makes you uncomfortable. And what culture therapy teaches you to do is that you can listen to those thoughts and you can think about those thoughts, but you don't let those thoughts stop you. And what happens with most people is they're, they're so unused to being uncomfortable in any sort of situation that they mistake the idea of thinking about pain as actual pain. So like they think about like <laughs> they're like I'm thinking of that the cold shower will be cold so it's going to be really freezing cold so I'm not even like it's it's I can't even get to the point where I even think about taking one. Mm-hmm. Um and that happens with business whether they're like oh well I'm not like the idea of starting a business is too risky so I don't even, I'm not even going to entertain the concept. And what cold shower therapy it's basically like a an exercise to say like you know I, I know this is going to be cold I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to do the normal thing that I would, you know, I'm, I'm going to act how I would normally act. I'm not going to let the temperature of the shower like dictate how, uh, you know, how I, how I take my shower and I'm just going to continue on. And if you can take that mindset and you can apply it to any other area of work, business or fitness, then all of a sudden you start realizing that, you know, the uncertainty of uh, a new task or um, pain is not necessarily not even pain, but just like um, you know, being uncomfortable is not a, a deterrent anymore. And all of a sudden, that lets you push way past your limits because whenever you push your limits, you're going to be pushing yourself into territory that's uncomfortable, that is is not always fun. Um, but then you come out the other side and you say, "Hey, that wasn't you know super fun, super easy, but it was worth it." Um, and I've, I've learned something or I can do something better now, uh, et cetera. Uh, and so that's kind of the goal of cold shower therapy is it's, it's a real physical, um, uh, in, like it's a real physical, uh, interpretation of actually pushing your limits and doing something every day that makes you uncomfortable or that scares you a little bit. And, uh, it's the most basic way I know of to practice that on a daily basis. And, and, and the best part is anyone can do it. And there's really no excuse to not do it unless you just don't want to. Um, and I think that's the best part because I can, you know, I could say that all those same things with, with marathons and triathlons and skydiving, but you know, with all those, you know, skydiving costs money, marathons take time to, to train. Uh, you need certain equipment for triathlons. You know, everybody every day takes a shower. And all you have to do is decide that you're going to slowly but surely start training yourself um, to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I really, really like that concept. Uh, and I can see you have it on, right on your about page. Like it's your litmus test for for just uh, having this mindset. I think it's a better well, – <laughs> Well, a lot of people, a lot of people ask, like, okay, I want to do this. You know, I'm, they've got, they write in, they they got a bunch of different goals, and they think the problem is that they don't know enough information, or uh, they're not the right type of person to start on one of these goals. And the real problem is they're not comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and so, what I typically tell them is, say, like, okay, you want to. You know, you're you're 300 pounds. You need to lose. You need to lose weight. This is what you need to do. I don't even want you to change your eating habits yet. Um, I want you to take cold showers for seven. And if they come back and they say, "Well, that's stupid. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." Uh, they're going to have a really hard time losing weight, even because they're not willing to take them outside. They're not willing to take themselves outside their comfort zone in the first place. And if you're going to lose way and to that extent um you're going to have to do things that initially especially initially make you uncomfortable and uh uh do seem difficult and uh if you can't start to recognize that on a daily basis in the shower it's really hard to do it anywhere else in life where there's a lot more consequences besides just being cold and the people affected by your decisions are not just you so um, that's why I say it's a litmus test, but people get real pissed about that. But, uh, I, I typically laugh about it, uh, because, you know, I, I'll, I've had people write in and they said they've been taking cold showers for 300 days. Um, they've taken it for a year or two years, um, since that post went up like two and a half years ago. And, uh, it's really crazy to see how their attitudes differ from people who say that's the stupidest idea ever. No way that will work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It really sounds like it, it, fits uh very squarely into that grit 
aspect that you talk about where you just have to have that mindset where uh, if you want it, you're going to be willing to get past this stuff that sucks. My roommate, um, over the past probably six months, he's lost 100 pounds. Oh, wow. Which is awesome. Like he's yeah, his life has just taken a huge turnaround. And, you know, like we've been trying to help him lose this weight for probably two or three years. And we tried so many things. I tried juicing. I tried like figuring out good recipes and like uh, just like yelling at him when he'd eat a bad food. And, and, you know, <laughs> nothing would work. And I, I the whole time I had to tell him, like, the biggest thing is you have to want it more than you want to eat Taco Bell or more than you want a pizza. Yep. And for the longest time, he didn't want it enough. Well, eventually he's just got fed up with everything and he wanted it more than anything. So... I mean, it was very simple for him. I was like, dude, if you just eat rice and eggs every day and like try to start liking vegetables, then you will <laughs> lose weight. And like you don't even have to act, you don't have to exercise if you don't want to. He did that. Uh, I think he started doing couch to 5K. He's lost 100 pounds. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just I'm like my mind is blown. I'm super happy about it. But man, it's like total validation for that concept that you just have to want it and be able to deal with being uncomfortable. And I love that. I love the idea of the cold shower because you really put it in a good perspective. Like that's the the one thing you do every day where you have like a super easy choice is just turn the faucet the other way and start building that mindset that applies to harder things down the line. And, and, and what happens is, is after a while, you know, people, people sometimes come back at me and they'll say like, Oh, that's not a, you know, taking cold showers and anything big. Uh, I live in Africa and I do cold showers all the time. And I'm like, that's the point. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like it's not this, like you feel pretty awesome afterwards because you're woken up and you, you're, <laughs> you know, you got that flight or fight response has kicked in. Um, uh, that happens when you freeze yourself. But like it's it's really <laughs> not a big deal. You know, there's people all over the world that take cold showers, and it's like, you know, if you're not willing for five minutes, that's the thing. It's like it's not a big deal. It's if you're not willing for five minutes. You know, the rest of the day, you know, <laughs> 23 hours and 55 minutes, the rest of the day, you can be as comfortable as you want. But if you're not willing for five minutes out of the day to be uncomfortable just for a little bit, um, you know, how, how are you going to how are you going to run a how are you going to run a 5K that's going to you know take you a half hour? Uh, how are you going to how are you going to go to the gym for an hour a day and, and lift weights if you're if you're if you're not in shape like? It's it's the easiest way to kind of dictate how the rest of your day is going to go because if you start off the day and you take this freezing cold shower that's difficult to take, you know every decision after that's going to seem easier. Yeah, it's really true. Awesome. Wow. So uh, before we wrap the hour up, there's one thing that I want to hear about, and it's the seven 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 project. So what's that all about? And am I going to feel lazy when you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> so the seven 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 project. I talked to you about a. Uh, um, the impossible is and sort of this idea that you need to kind of recalibrate it every once in a while and, and, and sort of look at the type of person you are right now and what a real challenge looks like for you once you've, once you've done that. Um, and so the 777 project came up earlier this year when I started kind of looking at the goals on my impossible list and there's like a few on them that are, they're still pretty challenging. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do them. Um, but there's a lot of stuff on there that was like, you know, I, I think I could do that or I think I could do that. I just need to, you know, it's it's the scuba thing is like a weekend in Mexico or something like that, you know. And, and uh, you know, and there's a few items on there that are mostly not done because – not because they challenge who, you know, they're, they're going to be like physically challenging or, um, you know, personally challenging. I just need to go do them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started looking at like, okay, you know, the real original point was to push my limits and I don't want to be one of these guys that, you know – you 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 get to a point where you're kind of comfortable and then you stall out. Um, and so I started kind of looking at, you know, what does a real challenge look for me uh, like for me again? And I, I'd done this thing where I ran uh, an ultra marathon uh, about a year and a half ago um, and used that to raise uh, $26,000 for Pencils of Promise. And we built a school in Guatemala and uh, we were there like last year in May. And that was a really impactful experience. And I thought about like, okay, you know, that was pretty tough. Like when I started my site, I never even thought I'd run a 5k, much less a, um, you know, an ultra marathon. And so is that, I is that double? Got, uh, is that no, an ultra marathon is anything past 26.2 oh, okay. um, miles. So, 
Um, so my first ultra marathon was only a 50 K, which is not super, it's not way farther than a, um, uh, a marathon. It's, uh, it's like 31 miles. Okay. So, um, it's still a good distance, but not like a, not an insane ultra marathon. And I started basically finding, um, out more about these ultra marathons. And as I started looking, um, at more and more ultra marathons, I started to get an idea that I wanted to do, you know, another project with pop, but I didn't want to just do the same thing, um, that I'd done before. I knew I could probably do that. Uh, again, I wanted to figure out something that would push my limits and, and force me, you know, leave a little bit of a gap of, uh, a little bit on, of uncertainty for how the heck I'm going to do this. And, uh, you know, actually get it all done. Um, and so as I started looking at all these ultra marathons, I started seeing ones all over the world that sound just like really, really compelling. There's one in Antarctica. Uh, there's one in, um, you know, there's one on Mount Everest. Uh, you know, there's a hundred mile one, like all these different ones. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to choose. And then I started just kind of come up with this idea that like, okay, well, there's seven continents and there so at least seven of these marathons that I want to do. Hmm. So why not put that all into a project and do something with that? And so started looking around, and then uh, basically this idea of uh, the 777 project came to be, and it was seven ultra marathons on seven continents and uh, aiming to build seven schools um, with Pencils of Promise. And so um, we launched it in August, and I ran the first race in Patagonia, Chile um, to start. And, um, we've raised, I think close to $12,000 to start already. Um, and, uh, over the next year, uh, and change, um, I'm going to be running the other six. Um, and the race are going to take me all over the world from, uh, Patagonia was the last one, uh, to Antarctica, to New Zealand, um, Mount Everest. We're actually going to go above base camp and then run, uh, down 40 some miles. Um, wow to South Africa, um, you know, the Alps, and then uh, uh, there's a 100-mile race in Colorado, uh, Leadville Ultra Marathon. And so um, the, the idea here is, uh, one, to, to push my own limits. Um, again, I, I don't like getting to the point where I feel stagnant or I'm not challenged, and so uh, that's one aspect of it. Uh, the, the second aspect is to um, um, inspire others to be like, Hey, you know what? You don't have to just stay where you are. You know, uh, you can do way more than you think you are, uh, than, than you think you can. And then the third aspect is to really promote the, um, uh, the philanthropic aspect of, um, giving back and providing others with possibilities. Because a lot of times we like to build up excuses on why, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that. And when you really look at it from a, like a worldview standpoint, uh, most people who are listening to the podcast in the U S or Australia or UK or first world countries in general, um, if you're listening to this, you, you probably have it pretty good. The fact that you can, you know, pay attention to something like a podcast, uh, is pretty good. And when most people, you know, either struggle to get a basic education or clean water or, you know, some of these really basic needs that, you know, billions of people live with in the world, um, it starts getting, <laughs> you know, you, you start looking at excuses like, oh, I'm just tired. I don't want to go to the gym. Like, that's not that great of an excuse. Um, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't really pass the, uh, the snuff test at, uh, when you're like, man, I just, uh, you know, I really like just watching TV and chilling. Like, at, you know, maybe, maybe that, that works for some people, but for me, like I, I just can't. I, I feel like I've, I, I have a lot of capabilities. Um, I have a lot of opportunity, and I want to not waste any of that. And I want to make sure that um, I've sort of like extracted every little drop of, um, you know, return that I can out of, uh, you know, the capabilities that I have, and and. Uh, giving that back and giving those same opportunities to other people is a, a big part of what we talk about at Impossible, and it's a it's a it's a it's a good opportunity for both you know me to put my money where my mouth is, and then also you know encourage other people from the community to step up and and contribute as well. 
Awesome. Well, man, the runs seem insane to me, but it's also just insanely inspiring as well. Like that, I totally agree. You know, take what you have and get uncomfortable and do what you can to help other people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's it's to me, it's it's kind of funny because I, I totally relate with all the people that say like the, you know I could never run an ultra marathon, and I was one of those people four years ago. Um, and to me, it, it's it's really funny when you start looking at you know your life in sort of stages and. You know, I would have never even thought I'd run a marathon. And, and for training here, I'm like running a marathon on a weekend just for fun by myself. And it's it's <laughs> when you say it like that, then it's like it seems a little bit crazy. Um, I just went out and but, ran a marathon last weekend. You know, yeah. yeah. What, what race was it? No, I just I just ran around just um, around my neighborhood for, for 26 <laughs> miles. Um, I totally understand. But it's one of those things. If you if you just start anywhere, you know, wherever you are. Um, even if it's with a 5k or, you know, a one mile, like the, the, it's not really about where you start. It's not really even how fast, you know, how high your goals are or anything like that. It's, it's just about continuing to, to push, um, yeah. and push and push. And you said, you know, at the beginning, you're like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to wait around in 10 years and be like, Oh, I just watched a lot of Netflix. That's not your goal. Um, and, and the same thing is like, you know, it, it doesn't matter uh, what it is, it's just not settling for, you know, whatever the status quo is right now and just continuing to push your limits, whatever those are at the moment. And then as soon as you push those limits and you find a whole new kind of realm of possibility, continuing to do, you know, reevaluating, uh, setting new goals and then continuing to go after them again. All right, man, this is awesome. So I have one final question. Yep. First item on your impossible is what are your criteria for that? change one person's life for the better um people always ask that and uh you know like i think i got i don't know if i'll I'll cross that one off like i i kind of like having that on there it's a good reminder um of of why i'm doing it i'll get a lot of people who say like oh you're just doing this for yourself and you know there's definitely a component i'm doing you know impossible to enrich my own life but um you know if i'm not making an impact on other people like that's kind of an empty uh fulfillment so um i'm just gonna i'm i'm keeping it on there i, I like uh um you know we, we've we've had people say like yeah you should take that off i've hit the you know they're like oh you changed my life uh, i like you can cross that off and i i think <laughs> we're gonna keep it on there you know there's always um you know different people that are getting impacted and um i don't want to just uh be content with uh you know, I, I, I just don't want to like just I'm just gonna leave it yeah um, and I guess, uh, since you put it that way it does seem better uncrossed because you know uh, I've been meaning to say for a long time like you did change my life because you inspired me to make that list and it's just changed things but I think like as a reminder to keep pushing forward it's good to have it on there uncrossed yeah for, for, for from a personal perspective I just like keeping it up there and it's 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 again it's a good reminder for me to just continue um you know, not being not being satisfied with what I've done, or uh, not trying to, you know, it's not necessarily like always a list of things I want to cross off, but always of, you know, what's next and what I have left to do. So um, that's kind of the goal. Awesome. So I'm sure this episode's going to inspire a lot of people. If they want to start reading more, or start uh, getting more inspired to take some cold showers or build their own <laughs> list, where should they go to connect with you or uh, read what you're working on? Yeah, so uh, impossiblehq.com is the best place where you can check it all out. Um, um, there I've got my impossible list, um, the 777 project. The actual direct link is impossiblehq.com slash 777, okay. uh, which you can check, check out directly. And uh, following the journey, we're doing a video at each race. Um, we have tons of photos from all of them. And then we're also going to have uh, – um, you know, recaps on everything. So, uh, you guys can kind of follow along with the journey. It's just getting started and there's a lot left to do. So, um, yeah. Cool. Well, I'll definitely be following that and I'll put all of those links in the show notes, get people linked over to them. Cool, thanks cool. so much for doing the interview, Joel. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. 
All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Joel. I enjoyed it immensely. Joel has been a huge influence in my life, and he's one of the people that is primarily responsible for uh, my perceived ability to achieve goals and stay really, really motivated. So definitely head over to impossiblehq.com, follow him on Twitter, and just make him a voice in your life. Um, as I said, he's been in mine, and it's been amazing. So once again, if you've got questions, you can email those questions over to thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. We'll get those answered on our monthly Q&A episodes. If you want to find all the resources that I use to learn better, to manage my money, and other resources you can use to make your life as a student easier and more efficient, head on over to collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes if you want to be a really awesome, cool person, and I will love you forever if you do that. Uh, The show notes over at sigpodcast.com has a link to instructions on how to subscribe, review, and do all that cool stuff. So that is it. Coming up next week, we have an interview with another student who started his own college blog with some amazing content over there. So stay tuned for that. Until then, stay cute. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.